All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Outlaw Country Podcast. Today, we're very excited to announce we have Tanner Usry joining us today. So, Tanner, appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Of course. One thing I wanted to get into uh, right away is you write a lot of kind of heavy-hitting songs. I was really curious how you get these ideas, if they're either personal experiences or just kind of come to you. Um, a lot of our personal experiences and how I feel about, and, and you know, um, but I just, I know that everybody's got a story and there's a bunch of stories out there that need to be told. Um, and I think people relate to the sad stuff and the heavy hitting stuff. Um, it's just, it's just real. And I, I want to play music and write music that makes people feel um, something, you know, uh, my, my English teacher in high school told me, if you can't make them laugh, make them cry. And I kind of took that and ran with it. <laughs> I like that. I, I think, I think you, you're right when you said it, people really like the sad, sadder sounding country songs. Like I'm really drawn to your music or Zach Bryan or anything like with, with yeah. great stories. Oh, yeah. I think it, it, it just, it makes the music so much better when there's, when there's depth to it. So I, I think you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Anybody can go write a song about, you know, going on a dirt road and, and drinking beer, but it, it, to write about the real stuff, it's just, that's, it takes something else, you know? Yeah, I, 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 like touching on, I like touching on subjects that, that people don't talk about you know well i i like that you said that because especially like in josephine um the people are always like on mainstream radio is talking about how great small towns are and things like that but yet also in america as a small town there's a lot of drug problems and things like that and i think you, you touch on those things that sometimes aren't don't get talked about in in real rural life yeah exactly well, it's like real, real life isn't easy. Like it's it, there's there's stuff that that needs to be talked about in this, you know, in music, and people don't really do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it makes you you're able to relate to it a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Well, I've been listening to a lot of your Soul Sessions EP, and one song I keep coming back to is "With You." It's kind of a, I'd say more of a, a bluesy sound sound for you. Yeah. Was, were you planning on experimenting kind of with that sound? Or do you think about like leaning more into that? I, I love that song. Uh, man, I, I'm just uh, with Soul Sessions, it was weird because like, like it's five different, very, very different songs, um, one after the other. Um, so we're just kind of, I'm just kind of playing with my sound. And uh, I wanted to write a, a, you know, a sexy love song, <laughs> a makeup song. And, <laughs> Uh, that's what came from it. So I'm really happy with it. Uh, what, what song were you most excited for off there to get for the fans to hear? I know you said they're, they're very different. Was there one that stood out? Do I? Was there one that uh, stood out? Yeah, probably. Uh, probably Hold On or Time Bomb. Those are my two favorite ones. 
Uh, yeah, I, I've been listening to that one a lot lately. And like I said, with, with you is just, yeah, I keep coming back to that one. It's, it's probably my favorite off there. Um, I know when I was reading your bio too, leading up to this podcast and it was kind of talking about, um, your grassroots type of journey you've had since, uh, you started your music career. And I was kind of wondering out of all the moments you've had, like grassroots moments, what has been the biggest one or most, uh, like proud one you've had that's helped you along this way? Um, man, this is probably this past, uh, past weekend or two weekends ago, um, Hanks in McKinney. It's our like home bar. Um, just reopened. It's been closed for 18 months after uh, COVID and stuff. And I played my first show ever there in 2013 to like five people. Um, and then our first show back there after COVID hit, there was like 500 people. And I was like, man, that's that's a hell of a change. <laughs> so it's like that. that's kind of and we got there, you know, with the help of fans and friends and family and just working our asses off. And that's that's what this is all about, you know. Yeah, I like we, about the, the grassroots type journey. I I finally bit the bullet and I, I downloaded TikTok and a lot. A lot of the stuff on my For You page is um, about country music and guys that I feel like have a grassroots uh, upbringing. And I, I see you more and more on there for people that are like, oh, if you like these artists, you should check this out. And I'm seeing yeah. you more and more on there. So yeah, I was loving that. Thank you. Uh, and I, I know you kind of touched on it. You were, you were gaining a lot of momentum right before COVID. Uh, what was that like? just seeing the bars and, and places you would uh, perform at shut down and not being able to kind of ride, ride on that momentum and keep building. Man, we were kind of blessed during COVID. Um, we, we, we stopped for like that initial two months, but then we, I, I was like, well, we can't just sit here, you know, bars somewhere are open. <laughs> um, so we just started hitting the road pretty hard wherever we could play um and didn't really didn't really stop us <coughs> or tried not to let it stop us at least was it, how long were you guys uh kind of down oh you're fine how long were you guys kind of out without playing shows was there like four or five months or was it probably, probably like two two months okay and what's what states were kind of uh the ones that let you play uh, Kansas, Nebraska, Arkansas, and Oklahoma, mainly. <clears throat> being being a Texas act, was it kind of? Were you a little nervous heading heading into like the Midwest and not sure what the response was going to be? And, and what did no, you know, no, because like we had a, we had a good push for us to come up and play um, those places. Um, so we were, we, we pretty much knew what to expect, uh, going into, going into them. And now the Midwest is like our, one of our biggest markets. So what, um, why, why do you think kind of off question, but what, what makes you, uh, why do you think your music kind of speaks to the people in the Midwest? I know there's some guys in Texas that, that, uh, will only tour Texas or really stay in Texas. They're mainly a Texas act. What, 
Do you, do you see anything different from yourself that really draws people to your music up in the Midwest? I don't know. Maybe it's the live show. Um, and maybe it's the fact that we are willing to go up there. You know, uh, not a lot of people are. Um, but and I, I, I think it's probably a bunch of different factors, but um, I know a lot of people aren't willing to go to the Midwest uh, because they're scared to, you know, break those markets. So we're not scared of doing that. So I think that that's what, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're going to ask us to play there, we're going to go there, you know? And I, I think a lot of artists, especially in Texas that, that are afraid to break that into that market. Most Midwestern people, especially here in Nebraska, we, we just are dying for real traditional country music. Cause I mean, living in Omaha, uh, other than when I'm going to Bucks, it's like I, the main arena in Omaha. It's like Dan and Shay or just the mainstream right. guys. It's like I I get so excited when I see someone come through that I'm actually re- like listened to constantly. So I think right. there's a lot of growth for artists to come to the Midwest. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, in 2020, I know you dropped your single Rich Man's Game, and yeah. we were tweeting about that. And I, I really like that song, and uh, we, we like how you kind of touch on the politics and kind of the, what goes on in the Nashville scene. Are you pretty content staying independent or an alternative scene rather than kind of mess with the radio? Uh, it just depends on, you know, what comes to, my, comes to the table, you know? Yeah. Have you been approached by anyone? I know you're with True Grid. No, I'm not. I'm not with anybody right now, uh, or I haven't been approached by anybody um, yet. But you know, when it comes, we'll explore that option. But I'm, I'm, we're doing pretty well for ourselves right now, and I'm, I'm liking what's happening. So we'll just have to see. You kind of pride yourself on on being an independent artist, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love doing the grassroots thing. Um, because you know, if fans help you build something, or they're gonna be with you and behind you one hundred percent until you, you know, not doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that, and I, I, I do get frustrated though with some of the fans that that'll follow guys up like that, and as soon as they start hitting it big, they they kind of call them a sellout for going with the label or anything like that. I think a lot of people even if the music is still good and or, or the same as it was before, they, they still get upset when, when you partner with the label, which I feel like the whole reason you wanted to get behind this guy is to see him be successful. So. Yeah. That's what, that's kind of my take on it too. I don't, I don't get the people that say that. <clears throat> yeah. It's, I think, I think it's more rewarding than anything to see guy start, start off and, and see him hit it. I mean, I, I think, it's starting to become a lot more common in, in country music today with, with guys like yourself. Yeah. Like I remember watching, uh, I remember watching, uh, Tyler Childers again, three years before anybody caught on mm-hmm. before, b- before purgatory. And then everybody wanted to hop on. And then Purgatory came out, and then he got signed, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's a sellout now." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> well, I know. Just- I mean, Co had named his album "Sellout." That was his first one with yeah. the label. I, that's yeah. a good album. I mean, I, I don't think a label automatically means you're gonna 
buy into that mainstream sound at all. Exactly. So, uh, and kind of t- touch on some of the guys like Co and yourself. There, there's a lot of guys down in Texas with that rock country sound um, that you're that you're doing as well, like Colby Cooper. Um, and it all kind of started, I'd say, around the same time. You think this is just um, cause because when, like, when you guys were born in that era, or like, kind of punk rock. I think uh, I think Ragweed had a lot to do with it, um, and obviously, yeah, the pop pop rock and stuff like that had a lot to do with it. <clears throat> um, me, I take a lot of like I grew up with the Whiskey Myers uh, yeah. whenever they were starting out. Um, and that's kind of what I took from everything. Um, but yeah, Co Co definitely made it a a, a different animal. I know one of our first tweet we were tweeting at you at the time, probably two two years ago or so. You were talking about a uh, Nickelback, and is that one of your? Is that an influence for you? I know some people cannot. I would say it's an influence. I just don't understand the hate that everybody gives. Thank me. you. Okay, I, I agree with you on that. Bro, we were all we were all jamming that stuff back in the day. Yeah, my roommate here, he's he's biggest Nickelback fan. He knows all the words to every song, so I've been kind of forced to like him. And I don't under, I don't understand the hate at all. I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's just like everybody hates pineapple on pizza. Well, I can't, I can't get behind that. Okay, fine then. But <laughs> <laughs> but um. So I know I know Co kind of says that he's never really done a, a country a full on country record. Um, do you so do you feel like that with yourself, or do you kind of um, think you're mainly rock or mainly country, or how would you describe your sound? I just I let songs be what they're gonna be. Um, so if that's a country song, that's a country song. If it's a rock song, then it's a rock song. Um, I don't like to put myself in like a genre. Um, but that's definitely Southern rock. If, if we had to put, put us in one, um, but who knows, maybe, maybe a year down the road or five years down the road, it's going to be country, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, like I said, going back to your soul sessions, just experimenting. I love when artists throw something new out there. So I don't, I agree. I don't think you should put yourself in a box by any means. Yeah. Um, to talk about one of your songs, come back down. Uh, I saw on Twitter a while back, you said there was at one point you were considering not recording that song. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, because we hadn't rehearsed it yet. Uh, it was the day before we went in to record Medicine Man. And mm-hmm. me, my guitar player at the time, and my bass player were all like, all right, we need six songs. And I played that one. And they had, it had been their first time hearing it. And they're like, okay, well, you got to record this one. <laughs> and so we did. Um, and it turned into our biggest song, which was still just crazy to me. Was it, did it take you a lot of convincing for you to go in there and record it? or were you- Not really, because I did, I, I loved the song. It's just, you know, it, I, we hadn't played it yet <laughs> as a band. Well, uh, did, did, since it was like your first time kind of recording it and going in there with your band, did it, was it, did it require a lot of takes in the studio? No, it just it kind of took its own life or uh, took on its own life. Well, and when you're writing those type of songs, um, I know you do a lot of almost all your writing for uh, your music. Is there anything um, like a ritual or any like uh, 
anything you follow when you're writing songs? Not really a ritual. I just play it over and over again until I find something that fits. <laughs> oh, lyrically though, do you just I wait find for the it? line that? Fits. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Lyrically, do you do you kind of wait for a story to come into your head, or how do you or get a line or what? Um, usually, I'll just be doing something random, and then a line will come to me, and then I'll start forming it from there. And do, do most of your songs that you write do they once once that kind of hits you? Does it take very much uh, very long to write the rest of it? It just depends. Yeah, some I've got songs that I've been working on for you know years and then i've got some that'll just come to me like instant okay and you do very many uh co-writes i'm trying to get more into co-writes for sure uh, i haven't done any yet uh well i did i have i have one song that i wrote with uh, jr carroll who plays with uh, zach bryan okay uh, so i've got that um but yeah i'm trying to get more into co-writes for sure and uh, um so the co-writes you um trying to get into are they mainly with guys in Texas or do you do you ever do them like video calls or anything? Yeah, uh, I, like I said, I haven't really experimented with it, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to write with dudes from guys from Texas and um, uh, Geo. I would love to do that, do it with Geo, and uh, I don't know, just got friends down here so that I would like to write with, and yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Well, I know um, in your career you've you've kind of performed with a bunch of different artists like Co Wetzel or not Co, uh, not uh, Ward Davis. Sorry. Uh, yeah. What are there? Has there been one certain artist that took you under their wing, kind of shaped you into the artist you are today? Um, I take lessons from pretty much everybody, uh, but Shane Shane Smith and the Saints have really you know they they they're they have so much to offer and so much, so much wisdom to offer the cool guys um, to hang out with. And I love, I love opening for them and just all around good group of guys. Um, but Ward Davis has also helped me a lot too um, with a bunch of light lessons from the road and lessons of how everything works. So it's probably mainly those two. If, uh, you could go back. What is one thing you wish you would have known before you started your career in music? Ooh. Learn about the business side of it first. <laughs> yeah. Was it, did, did you get burned or something or what? I didn't get burned. Just, just, I keep on, I'm, I'm in unknown territory. Uh, and it's, it's sometimes it's tough to navigate it. Um, and we're, I guess not learn about the business side, but find a group of people that you can trust and build your team that you can trust. Um, Cause that'll save you a lot of headache. Do you feel like you have that now? I do. Yeah. We're, we're starting to form a, a good group of team, a good, a good team. I've got a good group of guys in, in the band and, you know, I'm, I'm excited for what's next. And then do you have a group that you kind of bring with you when you go on tour or anything like that as an opener or anything? Uh, we're traveling with them Dirty Roses right now. Okay. Um, here, we got our last two shows with them this weekend in Manhattan um, and Kansas City. Um, but Jordan Nix, um, Parker Ryan, Gracie York, those are, those are kind of who I like to 
bring on with us. Gotcha. Uh, I know we kind of touched on this earlier. I know you you like the rock sound. When you're not listening to country, what kind of artists are or bands are you normally listening to? I listen to a lot of like singer songwriter type stuff, um, and a lot of now I listen to a lot of older rock stuff. Um, I like David Ramirez, <clears throat> John Moreland, um, people like that. Okay. Do you, um, is there any, like, you said you listen to some older rock. What, who all do you listen to in there? Uh, Fleetwood Mac, uh, Leonard Skinner, um, the big ones, you know. <laughs> that's, a really, that's a really cliche answer, but, you know. Well, I, I kind of mentioned already you were how you're kind of I see you on TikTok a lot. So definitely you appeal to a younger demographic of kids. And I was kind of wondering, and don't be afraid to hold back or anything. What what are some of the craziest things that, that have happened at your shows? Man, we don't we haven't really had anything crazy. I, I just got the first our first bra through page like last week at Publix. And I thought that was awesome. <laughs> did, you, did you have to stop the show or what else? What did you have to do? No, I didn't even notice it happened until I saw it laying on the ground. And I was like, hey, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing too, that, that surprises me that nothing too wild happened. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, and are there any artists right now that, uh, that you're real excited for that are, that are making music that you, um, that you're excited about other than, uh, yeah, so Jordan Nix, uh, Jordan Nix just, uh, I heard he's just starting to work on his new album. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for that. Grace York keeps on putting out uh, amazing song after amazing song. Um, Parker Ryan just released a new uh, an EP. Um, so I'm excited to see what those guys do. Gotcha. Well, and I know in September your soul sessions came out and you're probably wanting to let that breathe a little bit, but what, what do you think is next for you as an artist? Um, so we did a, so a sun studio session in Memphis, um, like last month and we're waiting on that. Um, that'll probably be, it's just a couple covers, but that'll be released at the beginning of the year, I believe. Um, but hopefully by the end of 2022, we have an album. That's okay. Yeah, so. Do you see those singles you put out, like uh, "Rich Man's Game" or "The Light"? You see those making it on the album, or is that just kind of a quarantine thing? Uh, we'll just have to see. We might we might recut a couple of them. We'll have, okay. we'll have to see because we do we do them differently live. We do them differently now than what we recorded them. So it's like I, I kind of want to breathe, uh, freshen them up a little bit. Gotcha. Um. And you, what, are you able to say kind of what, I know you mentioned you're going to have some covers on the album. Are you able to go into that at all? Or do you want people to wait? Uh, well, not, not on the album. Um, or the, did, the, what yeah, you have the, dropped in the first of the year. Yeah, the Sun Studio session with the music. I think people just can wait. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. I know. I don't know. You don't want to probably give it all away. Yeah. Well, and then I know you're, you're December 11th, you're heading up our way to uh, Bucks for a show. So we, we yeah, sure hope yeah. to make it out there to see you. Yeah, yeah. you I'm already, uh, my liver's already hurting. 
from go from uh, last time. Yeah, Bucks is something else, man. Yeah, we have we have a good time when we go there. I spent my my twenty first there, and it's a kick ass time. Okay, yeah, we're hoping we can make it out there and see it to see you, man. I haven't. I know you played there before. I haven't been able to catch one of your shows, but I I sure hope to this. Yeah, absolutely, man. Come out. Yeah. Well, that was about a half hour. I, I appreciate you taking the time, Tanner. I don't have anything else for you, but this uh, maybe when you're when you're uh, uh, project that drops at the first of the year, we could have you back on and definitely talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much, Tanner. I hope you have a good rest of your night. I'm looking forward to the new music. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yes, of course. Yeah.